impact on their lives. And Lord, make them hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord. Hunger and thirst for you in a relationship with you. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, anointing this message, Lord God. And uh, help us all to pay heed to it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, Most of you know that a little over a week ago, uh, Friday and Saturday of last week, I uh, uh, attended a uh, conference called the Convoy of Hope Rural Initiatives Conference at uh, uh, Tuba City. Uh, It was held at the Tuba City Assemblies of God Church. You know, I've been wanting to go to Tuba City uh, for some time because I'm uh, very much interested in the uh, uh, Native American outreaches that are out there in the uh, uh, reservation area. And I thought that this would be a good opportunity to do it. You know, the problem with Tuba City, it's a two and a half hour drive one way and uh, then two and a half hours back. So. You know, if I did it uh, just for one day, uh, you know, that's five hours I spend on the road. And, uh, you know, uh, that limits kind of my time there. But with this particular conference, uh, they put us up in a hotel on uh, Friday night. So it was a great opportunity and I jumped at it. Now, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, which was, I thought it was going to be a a seminar about outreaches to the Native American uh, community, particularly the Navajo. But that turned out not to be the case. Uh, What the conference was all about, it was the Convoy of Hope. It was uh, attended by maybe, I I would say more than 40 people were there from the uh, uh, area churches. You know, people as far away as we are, there's another uh, group that came uh, uh, from down an hour south of uh, Winslow, Arizona. So that's, they they even had a further uh, drive to come than uh, what I did. there were probably half of the people, I would say, were uh, pastors from the diff- different churches around there. And probably better than half, than half of them were uh, Native Americans. So it gave me an opportunity to meet a lot of them. Uh, as I said, the conference was about the Convoy of Hope. The Convoy of Hope is a uh, an Assemblies of God ministry that reaches out to uh, members of local communities. Now, Rural Initiatives is kind of a sub-ministry of the Convoy of Hope Ministries. It reaches out to specifically to members of small towns. And Fredonia, you know, we've only got about maybe uh, uh, 1,500 people here, if that much. So we definitely uh, qualify as a uh, uh, rural community. The conference in uh, Tuba City was hosted by a uh, a missionary couple named uh, Kim and Laurel Harvey. And, of course, they had the uh, uh, aid of uh, uh, Pastor Nathan of Tuba City, you know, the uh, 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 Tuba City Assembly of God who were hosting the event. And it was also supported by a team of uh, people like truck drivers and other people, other personnel that were helping to unload the truck. 
So it was a really blessed time. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Now, um, when I got there uh, Friday about 3 o'clock, there was already a large semi-truck or a tractor trailer, whatever you want to call it, and it was completely loaded with merchandise of various kinds. This is the truck right here. It says Convoy of Hope there, and uh, you can't really read it. I can't read it from here, but, you know, it talks about it's the uh, uh, rural uh, initiatives. And the merchandise that this semi-truck was loaded with was to be taken back by the conference attendees to their uh, area churches and distributed to needy members of the communities. And this was to be done as an expression of Christ's love for them. And uh, what the Rural Initiatives is all about is about churches getting more involved in their uh, local community. And before I go into some of the the merchandise that they had to give away, I wanted to show you this. This little uh, cartoon that they passed out to us. And it's called... Cow pie theology. How I many of you know what cow pie theology is? Okay. Well, you people that are involved in the cattle industry can appreciate that. It says, church people are like manure. Spread them out and they help everything grow better. Pile them up and they stink things up. So... The lesson there is we need to spread out to the community. If we're just going to be confined into our own little church here, we're not going to really accomplish things for the kingdom of God. So I thought that was a little uh, uh, cute uh, uh, little cartoon, and I shared it with you. Okay, some of the merchandise. They told us that something like forty-five to fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, goods were uh, in that se- packed into that uh, semi truck, and they were really nervous at first because we didn't have they they didn't have a, uh, immediately have a forklift to unload it all. So you can imagine how much work that would have taken to have gone all the way back through that truck and trying to do unload it by hand. But uh, luckily they were able to get a forklift and uh, bring out the uh, the goods. Okay, so this was all packed into the uh, <clears throat> uh, semi-truck and uh, that was to be handed out to the conference attendees, including me. And this is a, a picture of some examples here. Okay, so uh, uh, here these white boxes, for example, are athletic shoes. The, the, some of the other boxes down in here had stuff like rolled oats and uh, white flour. And they even had these uh, cute little... Uh, uh, stuffed toys up here. It was out of a fawn. You know, I bought uh, Dolly one of those uh, a couple of uh, Valentine's Day uh, uh, days ago. It's made by the same company as that, the uh, Thai company. So you see a couple of them here. There's one there, and there's three of them over here. Uh, anyway, it's merchandise like that that they, they uh, gave to us. 
And Pastor Cliff here was given a load of that merchandise to be distributed to members of the Fredonia community. And it's not for us as the church members. It's for to be distributed to members of the community. So I was driving my Kia Sorento and I just packed it full to the gills of all that stuff and I unloaded it in uh, it's sitting right now in the uh, spare building over there. Uh, you know, if I could have, you know, uh, maybe if I had a bigger vehicle or uh, even a trailer and maybe we can, if they have it again next year, maybe we can get a, a bigger vehicle and maybe a trailer and we can get a lot more goods in that than what I could uh, uh, just put in my uh, uh, Sorrento. Now giving these goods out is designed to raise our church standing in the local community and uh, make our presence known to them. How many people in this community even know we're here? Well, I'm sure they may have glanced at us a few times while driving down uh, 89A, but we need to make our presence much more well known. And uh, uh, that's one of the things about the board meetings. I want to talk to other people. It's not just, I, I feel like it's, it shouldn't be just me that distributes the uh, goods, but other, uh, you know, members of our uh, church uh, give them out. And the only thing that I would stipulate is when you give these things out to the members of the local community that you stipulate that I would stipulate that it is to be done in the name of Jesus. So that Jesus gets the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't want the church to get the glory. We want Jesus to get the glory. Yes. Okay. We're to be the shining uh, city set on a hill. Amen. And the shining light, what is the shining light? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You let Jesus shine, amen? So we need to make sure that when we distribute the, these goods, that Jesus gets the glory. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, now, prior to giving out the goods to the represented churches at the uh, conference, a seminar was conducted to let those that uh, those uh, conference attendees uh, to know how to distribute them, and this was to be is to be done in the most tactful and tactical way of uh, uh, you know methods uh, to uh, to be done. Okay, now the theme of the conference was this acronym here. Raise, but they see that okay, and this explains what the acronym means. It means relate, align, influence, serve, and engage. Okay, now we're going to talk about the remainder of this message, what that means, so you better understand it. They gave us this uh, uh, raise workshop. Uh, syllabus right here. Notice down here, Rural Initiatives, a Convoy of Hope uh, program. Okay, so I've got the uh, uh, syllabus right here, 
And I'm going to spend the remainder of the message about what we talked about here. Okay, so they went through those five letters there, R-A-I-S-E, one by one, and they explained what they mean. Okay, first of all, the R in raise. The R in raise refers to relate. Now, they specifically were dealing... Oh, and and before I get into the raise, I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted to read from the syllabus here the objectives and expectations from the conference. Number one was to encourage pastors and leaders to think outside the four walls of their church. How many can say amen to that? We need to be thinking about, you know, expanding outside these four walls right here and getting out into the local community. We're also to influence people to build relationships and to connect with other leaders in their community. And I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time maybe in the next couple of weeks and getting out and uh, meeting some of the members of the uh, community. Then we're to engage congregations in the life of their community and in local events. That's the E, by the way, in uh, uh, the raise. And last of all, own your community. Okay? How many of you know we're members of the community? So we are to own it also. Okay. Now back to raise here. Uh, The R there relates, specifically they had in mind relating to your public schools. And uh, they stated that effective ministry always happens out of uh, meaningful relationships. You know, and I I try to do that. You know, if I'm going to share Jesus Christ with somebody, I generally just don't do it out of the clear blue sky, but I get to know them better and develop a relationship with them. So public school relationships. Now the question arises, why uh, work with public schools? Now the, the reasoning of the people there for rural initiatives was that they, these public schools offer the greatest opportunity to connect with your own community. The school system is the heart of a rural community. When a church becomes a friend of the school, the impact can be far-reaching. And the public schools in rural communities uh, have tremendous needs that the church can meet. Okay, so there's, you know, they had us name the subgroups in the school system, such as you've got uh, uh, teachers, You've got the administrators, you know, uh, uh, you know, the principal. Then you've got the bus drivers. You've got custodian, the custodians. You've got IT people. You know, some of the stuff that they had given me is specifically designed to be given out to uh, the maybe the IT department here in the local uh, uh, church. Special ed. We've got a lot of other things. The coaches, you know, the PE athletic director, you know, that's what the those boxes of athletic shoes was designed. 
Of course, you've got the nurse. Dolly was a, uh, uh, when she was teaching uh, English over there in Thailand in the public schools, she was also the school nurse. Then you've got security people. You've got lunch people, those involved in food service. And, of course, you've got the students and the student council. You've got the school board and maybe a homeless liaison. You know, that's something I, I don't know too much about. Do we have any homeless people here in uh, Fredonia? No. I, yeah, I really haven't seen any. But it's a different story in some of the other communities. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't know too much about the uh, public schools. We've got an elementary school and a high school. Is that right? Yeah. You know, the only thing I know about is where they're located. You know, and I have trouble finding them at that. You know, because they're, they're kind of far away from where Dolly and I live at the uh, parsonage. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get to know more about the uh, public schools here. And that's the... Are the in the arrays there of relating to the public schools? Okay, and then we've got a line. In uh, the A in rays stands for a line, and so we need to make sure that we, as a church, are properly aligned with the. Uh, community of uh, Fredonia here. Now, when I always think of alignment, I always think of uh, my car. You know, everybody talks about, you know, is your car in alignment? So, uh, uh, if your car is out of alignment, then it throws everything into uh, out of kilter. And we, if we're going to reach the community of Fredonia, we need to be aligned with them. Now, with your car, what happens if your car is not aligned properly? It means that it's more unstable, right? And so if you have, you know, uh, an emergency, like uh, you have to jam on your brakes, you know, you have uh, a greater chance of losing control of the car if uh, the car is out of alignment. Other things, too, you know, it cuts down on your gas mileage, and everybody knows what happens to your tires if your car is out of alignment. What happens? You know, your tires get uh, uh, excessively worn on one side. So that's a reason to keep your car in alignment. And we as a church need to be aligned with the community of uh, Fredonia. One of the uh, scriptures that they quoted on this was uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 52. I'm sorry, I'm a slide behind here. Luke chapter five, 2, verse 52. It says, And Jesus, this is right after Jesus had uh, stayed behind in Jerusalem. You remember that? And how Mary and Joseph uh, looked for him for three days, finally found him teaching uh, or conversing with the teachers in the temple. And uh, it says that he went home uh, with them. And it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Now, I remember that verse when I was back when I was uh, uh, still in high school. The youth minister quoted that. And he said that these 
four areas there. Uh, stature, wisdom, favor with God and man. Those represent the four primary areas of our life. The four primary areas of life are mental, that's the wisdom. Uh, the physical, that's the stature. The spiritual, favor with uh, God. And the social area of our life, that's the favor with men. Now, the attendees there at the conference were urged to rate themselves in, those, in four different areas. And all of us can do really the same. You know, there's our physical well-being. Well, most of us are already grown up, but are, do we take care of our physical well-being? Are we getting enough exercise? Are we eating properly? Are we getting enough sleep? You know, these are physical things that, uh, you know, you really need to look at in your life if you feel like you're deficient. And then there's mental. How's your uh, mental health? You know, are you, that is, are you specifically doing things that will sharpen up your mind? Mm, right. Emotional. How are you faring emotionally? You know, make sure you're taking care of your emotional health. That is specifically your relationships with other people. And then uh, finally, there's spiritual, which is the most important of all. Amen? How are things with you and the Lord? How's your relationship with Him? If I asked you uh, today, you know, if I looked you in the eye and said, How's your spiritual life? How would you rate it? Would you get an A? Would you give yourself an A? Or a B? C? D? A plus. Amen. Okay. F, well, if you feel like you're deficient there, you know, are you reading your Bible? Are you spending time in prayer? You know, are you, uh, again, you know, back to your relationships with other people? You know, if you're out of kilter with your relationships with other people, that's going to throw your spiritual life out of balance. You need to make sure that you're right with other people insofar as you, you can. You know, it says, follow peace with all men. And Paul wrote, as much as it is possible, live at peace with all men. So if you're not at peace with all men, you know, you need to work on that. If you can do it, you know, now, sometimes our relationships are out of kilter because of the other person. But you do your best to patch up that relationship. Okay. Um, Okay, next one here is the I in rays. And that means, the I in rays means influence. And they talked about building and becoming an influencer. What's an influencer? Well, an influencer is a person, group, or organization with a direct or indirect influence in the community. By their attitudes, actions, and decisions, these influencers can affect the whole community. Now, here's the brainstorming here. Common positions that, uh, and people that we think of uh, as influencers in the community here. Well, there's the mayor, of course. 
the school superintendent and also the school board. There are teachers at the local school, social service people. You know, I don't know too much about the social services that uh, our community uh, offers. And then, of course, you've got people like the fire chief that, uh, and the fire staff, you know, that are tasked with uh, keeping the community safe. Uh, you've got the police chief. Uh, in, over here in the Fredonia, we have the marshal, the uh, city manager, and uh, Baden, uh, what was the last name, Grover? Baden Grover was the uh, uh, chief marshal for a while, but now he's taken over as the city manager. And he's just one of the uh, people that I intend to maybe meet in the next week or two to really talk about the needs of the community. Okay, now one of the things here, I took some uh, notes about the uh, influencers. So they urged us at the count, uh, uh, the conference to name, you know, or find out the influencers of your uh, community and uh, uh, think about how to meet them. And uh, uh, one of the things about influencers also is uh, uh, what should be the greatest influencer in our community? How many of you know what that would be? The, the greatest influencer. We're supposed to be the greatest influencer in this local community. You know, we've only got one other church. You know, we've got the Mormon church over there. Besides that, I, I don't know of any other uh, churches that are here in Fredonia. Are there? You know, I can't think of anybody else. So we need to be a major if not the major influencer here in Fredonia. And again, you know, so many people don't know uh, much about us, you know, maybe nothing about us other than they pass by it, you know, when they're uh, driving, uh, uh, driving down the roads around here. Okay, it shouldn't be that way. So we're urged to go out and meet the other influencers in our community. Uh, we need to talk to them, you know, and find out how we can uh, positively impact it. Some of the things that they also talked about are social services, you know, uh, for people like uh, uh, single mothers. You know, they encouraged us to research our community too. Know how, what percentage of the population are, you know, uh, uh, single parent households. Uh, lower income housing, you know. Talk to the teachers. Give snacks to underprivileged children. Okay. Some, again, that's something I intend to get involved with more in the next uh, week or two. Okay. The S in raise is serve. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. What's that word there? Serve one another. Are we serving the community of Fredonia? 
If not, we need to get more involved. Amen? Okay. A serving revolution is a culture. You know, we need to start a, a, a culture of serving here at the uh, church. When infused into the DNA of your church, it will change the view of the world around the community of Fredonia, around here, towards our church and our perspective of the needs of those that are around here. Now, one thing to caution on this is we need to serve without an agenda. Because if we serve with an agenda, what do I mean serve with an agenda? Yeah, we want something back. Exactly it. You know, I do this for you, and in turn, you do this for me. You know, I give you these goods, and now you come to my church. That's doing with a, an agenda. And, you know, in effect, what we're doing is just serving ourselves. We're not serving the community. That's the wrong attitude. We, If we are to serve without an agenda... That is, I give you this, you know, and I expect nothing in return. Then, you know, it's not an act of uh, serving my, ourselves. It's an act of worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just make sure that Jesus gets the glory. Again, when we distribute these goods, we're going to let them know we're giving them to them in the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, you know, you guys should have this passage. I've, I've quoted it to you enough times. Philippians chapter 5 verses, uh, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 7. Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider this equality with God something to be grasped or held onto, but he emptied himself of his visible glory and many of his divine attributes. We've talked about what that means before. Taking the form of a bond servant. What did I tell you about a bond servant before here? Okay, that's the Greek word doulos, which means a servant by choice. Amen? Amen? We're going to be bond servants to the community. Just like we're to be a bond servant, a servant by choice to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said that he was a bond servant, a doulos of the Lord Jesus Christ. A bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Okay. We're almost finished here. Okay. The E and rays. Engage. You know, when I hear that word engage, I always think of uh, uh, Star Trek, The Next Generation. How many, how many used to watch that? You know, Jean-Luc uh, Picard, you know, they'd finished their mission on some faraway star system, and they're off to the next one, and he'd say, Ensign Warp Factor 2, engage. Okay? Engage, right. Number one, engage. So this is more than Captain Picard saying engage. This is for us to engage and get positively involved in our community. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. Let each of you look out not for his own interests. We don't look for our own 
interest here at Trinity Church, but also for the interest of others here in Fredonia. In other words, get with it. Amen? Let's get involved in our community. Let's engage with our community. Now, in the syllabus, they had uh, some ways that we can get with it, ways that we can engage. Okay, some of the things that they mentioned here. Get connected. You can serve on a missions trip around your community. In other words, just take a walk around, see what needs to be done, talk to the people that are influencers, start a project through partnership, participate in the events of your, on your community calendar, create a sustainable event. You know, we can have an event all our own. You know, maybe we could have stuff like uh, a uh, Halloween alternative. Instead of people, you know, running around, you know, doing their trick-or-treating, we could have something here. Put your time and resources into something seasonal. Again, a good example of that is that Halloween alternative. Maybe uh, uh, do something for Christmas or Easter. Uh, create a special one-time event. Then there's community growth. Reading from the syllabus. When a church becomes involved in its community, people outside the church will begin to trust the people in it. You know, half of the people don't e hardly even know we're here. You know, we need to get, get to know them and get them uh, to where that they will trust us. This allows the church to become more well-known within the community. And then community engagement is the number one indicator of church health and growth. Okay, I'll say that again. Community engagement is the number one indicator of church health and growth. How many of you want to be a healthy church? How many of you want to see the church grow? Now, since I've been here, we've had a few people come in and uh, uh, get involved. You know, Sean and, uh, uh, you know, Trent, of course. And, uh, of course, the, the, the new couple here. How many of you had a chance to meet Lane and uh, Marlena? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get to know them. They are really great people, you know. I've, I've sat down and had some good conversations with them, you know, and uh, they're great people. You know, we, we have a few people that have come in, but we need to get a lot more. How many want to see this place filled up? Yes. Amen? I want to see this place filled up, okay? And, you know, we need to have outreaches, not just, you know, uh, uh, the white people that have been coming in, or Asian like uh, Dolly, but uh, more Native Americans. I want to see more Native Americans come in here. Amen? Okay. Reach this community for Jesus. Okay. And then we have staying connected. Work with people who have special needs. You know, I mentioned single mothers. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I we talked about uh, uh, we don't have any homeless people. You know, which I thank God for that. But if we had homeless people, you need to, we need to reach out to them too. Amen. 
The elderly, right. There's a senior center right down here. And I've gone there a few times and had lunch. Uh, I haven't done it much recently, but uh, I need to go down there at least once a month and get more involved. And uh, uh, folks that are older, you know, can go there. Okay. Facilitate neighborhood enhancement projects. Attend performing arts and sporting events. Address safety concerns by volunteering as a school crossing guard. These are just some ideas that they threw out there in the syllabus that I'm reading off of. Help with environmental management issues. Assist with the senior adult population. There's your senior uh, uh, center. Volunteer alongside police, firefighters, and emergency medical personnel. And utilize Convoy of Hope's programs such as field teams and disaster services. Okay, we're almost finished here. Okay, my conclusion. God will judge us. How did I begin this service? I began by quoting you the scripture there from Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 40. And for the reason of brevity, I only quoted the positive side. That is, you remember, it says right in the outset, Jesus separated the sheep from the goats, right? And uh, there's a, that negative side, that is the goats there, for whom judgment is reserved. And Jesus concluded that by saying, these will go, uh, the goats, that is, will go away to everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Okay, now in that scripture, he, Jesus specifically mentioned several ways that you get involved in the community. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. So we got food and we've got drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. Or prison. Sick and, and, and I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Okay, so there's six areas right there hunger, thirst, uh, strangers being taken in, uh, clothing, you know, the, the people that need clothing, and. Uh, 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 sick, you know, visiting the sick, and also uh, going to prisons. You know, those are six distinctive areas where we can impact the community. Now, the book of James, brothers and sisters, a lot of people misunder misinterpret the, the book of James. They love to quote, you know, that uh, scripture that says. That, uh, you know, faith without works is dead. And they take that as a theology to mean that we're saved by our works. We're not saved by our works, brothers and sisters. We're saved by grace through faith. We're saved by God's grace and that God's grace is energized in us in our daily lives by faith. <coughs> So, 
what James is talking about, and I've talked about, uh, about this scripture in James to you before. You know, it can be compared to a person that has a fire going in his fireplace. Suppose you're walking past my house and I tell you, you know, you're really cold out there. You know, it's cold out there. Come into my, you know, home here and warm yourself by my fire. And you look at uh, my chimney there and you don't see any smoke. So what do you conclude? There's no fire there, right? The Apostle Paul, when he talked about, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not, <clears throat> not, not by works, lest any man should boast. And, you know, there's all of Paul's carefully crafted arguments about uh, justification by grace through faith, found in Romans and Galatians, and Ephesians, and Philippians. All these carefully crafted arguments, and these people that believe, oh, well, faith without works is dead, they, they're saying with one sweep in the pen, James did away with all of those uh, carefully crafted arguments by the Apostle Paul. And that's not true. Again, there's very little theology in the epistle of James. James is not con uh, uh, concerned with, you know, putting a theological foundation there. He's concerned with taking these things, these doctrines of the Christian faith, and putting them into practice. Now, what's interesting is James, when he talks about that, you know, uh, uh, he, he talks about, here, I'll, I'll just read this real quickly, and then I'm, I'm going to end, end up with also James one twenty seven, which I put on there. What is a prophet, my brothers, if a man say he has faith and does not have works? Can faith, that kind of faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and none of you say unto him, and one of you say to him, Depart in peace, be warmed and uh, filled, notwithstanding you do not give them those things which are needful for the body, what does it profit? That's what, that was kind of the background that he gives. He's talking about the practicalities, the practical ways that we could get involved. So, you know, these people that go around saying, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, faith without works is dead. You know, you ask them, you know, are you doing these things here? Are you feeding, uh, you know, clothing the needy? Are you feeding them? Are you taking care of their, their, their needs? Many other scriptures uh, uh, designate this too. You know, uh, James in one James one twenty seven. I put it up there on the board. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this: to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble, and keep oneself unspotted from the world. Again, James is concerned about putting into practice the things that we believe. So finally, what this means for us. God takes this matter of social action very seriously. And in the early days of the church, we can read about what they did, such as at the end of Acts chapter 4. You know, you had a total 
of about uh, 5,000 people that were in the church at the time. Maybe 5,000 men and a lot of women and, and children besides that. And what did they do? They distributed their goods around so that there were no needy people within the church. And I have a feeling that they reached out to their community too, just as what we're being asked to do now. Okay? And uh, they later, you read about, they took care of the widows too. In Acts chapter 6, it talks about how the Grecian uh, converts, you know, Grecian Jew converts within the church were complaining because their widows were getting neglected in the uh, daily distribution of food. So they appointed the uh, seven deacons to take care of that problem. Later on, the church was very much involved in reaching out to their communities. Not only the things that I've talked about, but you know what they also did? I've mentioned this to, to you before. The Christians in those different uh, cities, whether there was Rome or Corinth or Athens or wherever, you know what they would do? They would go out to the city trash heaps. And many times... People would discard their unwanted babies, particularly if the baby was a girl. You know, they liked having boys, but they weren't too keen on having girls. And so the Christians would go out there to the trash heaps and comb around and see if they could find any of these babies. And if they found them, they took them in and gave them a home. So the early church was very much involved in their communities, and that's what we need to do also. Hallelujah. You know, you read the Old Testament, and uh, particularly the prophets and the, uh, uh, you know, historical books, you know, the book of Kings, and you read about how God brought judgment upon the nations of uh, Israel and later uh, Judah. And God proclaimed judgment upon them, not just because they were going out and serving these pagan gods. You know, I'm touching upon that. You know, I'll resume next week about the return of the gods. It wasn't just what uh, they were doing with serving these other gods. It's the fact that the people there in Israel and Judah were neglecting, they were exploiting the poor. And one of the things that Jesus railed against with the Pharisees is he said, you know, you're putting all these heavy laws, crushing burdens upon these people, and you don't lift one finger to alleviate their suffering. And that was a big factor in Jesus pronouncing judgment upon them. So, we need to get involved, brothers and sisters. Trinity Church needs to do more to reach the community of Fredonia for Christ. And this is a very good way to, to begin. So next week, I want to call it that board meeting, and I want us to brainstorm Further, So those of you that are on the board, I'd like for you to be in prayer this next week and think about ways that we can be involved. So, and I'm, you know, my homework is I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to meet with uh, uh, Braden, uh, Baden, uh, the city manager and uh, the mayor 
maybe the uh, school superintendent, well, I shouldn't say maybe, I need to do it, and the principal and find out what the needs are in that school. Because I honestly, you know, the only person I really know is Baden. I've talked to him uh, several times, and I met the, uh, uh, the mayor uh, several months ago when uh, Baden came by my house and asked me if I would uh, lead the invocation for the uh, council meeting. And I met some of the uh, uh, members of the uh, city council, too. So anyway, that's my homework. So, you know, the rest of you on the board, think about this, and we'll, we'll talk about ways uh, that we can reach the community and how we're going to distribute the, uh, the goods, you know, uh, I unloaded everything, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> Marlene and uh, Lane helped me unload it uh, on Monday, and then I took an inventory so I know exactly what we have there, out there, and, you know, I'll, I'm going to bring that with me when I go to meet with the mayor and uh, uh, city manager and other people. Okay, so uh, concluding song here, The God of the City. You know, I had a missionary friend of mine when I uh, uh, first went over to Thailand. I went to uh, provincial capital of uh, Jantaburi, and I became acquainted with this uh, uh, missionary there. His name is Mike Mady, and he absolutely just loved this uh, song, and he would sing it because he was anxious, you know, to have an impact on the community. So if you would, uh, go ahead and cue that up, uh, uh, Susie. It's called the, the God of this City. It's right out there on the desktop in a word of prayer. Father, we come before you, Lord, and uh, we're just going to trust you that you are going to be doing these greater things in our community of Fredonia. And uh, help us, uh, us all to get involved, Lord. To help us all to be praying for Fredonia and seeking you for ways that we can get involved. And uh, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, that's one way to get involved, be involved is to pray for your community. How many of you, you know, pray for uh, Fredonia? Yes. If you're not praying for it, you know, you need to. Because then maybe God will communicate to, to you ways that you can get involved. Okay, so let's keep that in mind as we uh, go to the Lord in prayer. So let we're going to pray right now. As soon as the, uh, the time of prayer starts, we're going to pray for Fredonia and... We need to make this, add this to our daily prayer list. Amen? Amen. I hope all of you are praying every day and you should get a list of different uh, prayer things. Okay, so we're going to pray for Fredonia. Let's also remember uh, Lane and uh, Marlena. Okay, they're trying to sell their house in uh, Texas. So, you know, they, they're really believing God for it, and uh, we're going to believe God with them, too. Hallelujah. Okay, other people, keep praying for uh, Teresa. Maxell. 
Teresa Maxell is uh, Mr. David's mother. She lives in Pennsylvania, has a congestive heart failure. Uh, I was messaging her in uh, Facebook last night, and I asked her how she was doing, and she told me that she had a bad lung, lung infection that she's getting over now. And, you know, it seems like one thing after another. And, you know, she's taking that medication, which has caused problems with her kidneys, among other things. So pray for her. Let's pray for uh, Laura, too. Laura uh, underwent chemo for breast cancer. She finished that, and she had the operation uh, double mastectomy, and she had reconstructive surgery done, too. So do pray for her that she would heal up and uh, there would be no more. Right now she's cancer-free. She's taking some anti-cancer drugs too. And I'm sure there's side effects with those. So pray for her. Uh, pray for Larry Larson. Recovering from prostate uh, surgery. Uh, pray for Mary Woodward. You know, I'm praying for her. Uh, I hope that uh, maybe she might come back to church, but uh, just as important as Mary is uh, her uh, uh, son, Anthony, and daughter-in-law, Robin. Pray that they might start uh, coming here to church. Right now, they're, uh, they've got a different pastor known as Jimmy Swaggart. And I'm sure he's a good pastor, you know, but uh, they need to get involved with their local church, too. For the very reason that we're talking about right now, because the local church needs to go out and uh, uh, reach this community. Okay, so pray for Mary Woodward's uh, um, <clears throat> living situation. Okay. Um, other people? Keep praying for Trent. How many glad to see Trent here? Where is Trent? Yay. Yeah. Is he in the back there? Okay. Hi, Trent. We're thinking about you. Okay. Pray for Trent. Pray that uh, he's, he's had a pretty rough go with some illnesses. Okay, so keep praying for him. And uh, that God will press for him spiritually. Okay. Pray for Sean and Grace. Sean, for the things that have been troubling him for what about now? Four weeks or four months, I mean, Sean? Okay, for quite a while anyway. Yeah, you got to get healed up so we can do some more hiking. Amen. Hallelujah. Weather is warming up. Okay, pray for Grace. Grace has had problems with her back. Uh, other people, Bob McClay. With his foot. And uh, also uh, Pastor Sandra. Her little dog is back to her usual self again. So praise the Lord for that. 
you know, she ingested some of uh, Pastor one tablet of uh, Pastor Sandra's medication, and uh, it was really serious, you know, touch and go uh, with her. But she's pulled through now, and she brings such joy to Pastor Sandra's uh, life after uh, uh, losing Randy and uh, her other two little dogs last year. So she's really lifted up Pastor Sandra's spirits. Pray also for the pain that she's enduring. And she's also having problems with sinus infections because when they pulled her teeth, it left a hole in the roof of her mouth that is goes into her sinuses, and she has problems with uh, sinus infections now. So she's supposed to have uh, an operation to maybe close that hole. So pray that that... I think she said it's going to be this week. So pray that that operation would be successful. I can't believe the all the operations that she's had, you know, just since I've known her. Okay, so pray for Pastor Sandra. Also ministry in uh, for, uh, Hurricane. Okay, other uh, people? Yes, Susie? Holly and Jesse. Does he need the Lord? He's a Mormon? Mormon? Yeah. Okay. Well, only God knows his heart. But he needs more than the Mormon church. Amen. Can't uh, stand before the Lord and say, well, uh, I should go into heaven because I've been a Mormon. I've been a good Mormon. You know, that won't cut it with the Lord. Okay, so Gene Heaton, kidney and uh, uh, salvation. Marilyn for her back. Who? Marilyn for her back. Merlin? Marilyn. Marilyn. Okay, uh, has Cheryl set a date when she's coming back? She said Wednesday, but if it's been arranged, she may hold off a day or two. Okay. Okay, so Cheryl, for Traveling Mercies. How many of you like all the uh, rain we've had this year? Praise the Lord. You know, uh, coming back from uh, Tuba City, I stopped at the turnout there. I think it's the Wawee Overlook. Most of you have probably been there before. And I was hoping to see that the 
Lake Powell had uh, uh, filled up a little bit more, but it didn't look like it was uh, uh, had uh, filled up. Now, maybe that's because a lot of uh, what's fallen has been snow up there in the mountains, and so uh, it's going to take a while for that snowpack to uh, melt, and maybe before we can really see the effect of all the this wet winter that we've had. And we need to be praying also 